Social Strategy Podcast, episode 69. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey everyone, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. I've got a treat for you guys today. I've got a creative warrior. He runs the Creative Warrior Podcast. He's a podcaster, a coach, a speaker, writer, and a photographer of 31 years, which is not something that, quite honestly, I run into a lot. I see a lot of photographers, and it's gotten really popular over the past few years with the digital SLRs coming out and everyone thinking they're a photographer taking pictures on their iPhone. And so when I, I meet someone that actually is a creative and they're a photographer, and they've been a photographer for a long time, it's always an interesting conversation because I think photographers have a perspective on the world that's very introspective where they can see things that we don't necessarily normally see because they have to paint a picture with capturing images and moments in time and then communicate that. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation with someone that's a creative, has a creative warrior podcast where he talks about the creativity and the chaos of creativity and everything like that. So Jeffrey, man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That was just a great introduction. I was enjoying that. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, yeah, I want to make you feel good about being on the show, man. <laughs> it's great. So, so tell me a little bit about how you became a photographer, because I think that's a, a really interesting story. Um, there was some stuff that I read and just, you know, kind of in your bio and doing a little research that you started in, in high school. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people start taking pictures or you started in high school. Yeah, I think I ended up in business the way most creatives end up in business is that it's it's an evolution. And that's kind of the problem. That's one of the biggest challenges for creative people in business is that we we don't go into business in a logical, linear way. You know, the ideal way, if we all thought this way, and again, most of us don't, but if the ideal way to go into business, in my opinion, is to really you know, t- spend the time to define the people that you want to serve and then build a business for them. But that's not the way creative people go into business. We go into business because there's something we enjoy doing. Uh, in my case, it was taking pictures, and I was kind of good at it. So, of course, your family and friends all tell you how nice your pictures are. Right. Uh, and then you know, then you think that, gee, maybe, maybe this could be a career. Um, I actually didn't see it as a very viable career, to be honest with you. I actually uh, I wanted to be an architect, but um, I'm too impatient. I didn't want to put that many years into education. So I said, well, let me give this photography thing a try. Uh, I found out about a photography school that was just one year, and uh, so I decided to become a photographer and photograph architecture, blend blend my my loves, right. and um, didn't stay with uh, inanimate objects very long. And then I, until I realized what I really liked was photographing people in the environments of architecture. Like I liked photographing people on furniture and outdoors, and using landscape as architecture. So that's hence my my absolute falling in love with uh, portraiture, which is what I've done now for 31 years. But as I said, I think you know I went into business like most creatives go into business. It's kind of an evolution, and the problem with that is is that we we wind up having a business that we're then trying to figure out. Who can we fit into it mm-hmm. as opposed to having it built for the people you want to serve in the first place? So it's a little bit of a backward approach, but inevitable because the the evolution of the creative process kind of leads us down that that road. But I, I do think and I advise my, my coaching clients, uh, if I see people in transition, in that transition or going from corporate to, to uh, their own being self-employed, at some point you have to decide you're an entrepreneur. 
and you have to change your mind th- your mindset. You have to decide from this point on, I charge and expect to get paid professional rates. You have to draw the line at some point when you've evolved from hobby to profession. That's such a hard transition to make. It is. And, you know, I, the people I coach uh, often are making the transition from something like some, maybe a, a real job, a corporate job, into the business of their dreams. I don't work with too many startups, um, although I wish I, I wish I kind of did. I, I don't because I, I kind of charge a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of I wish I did in a way because those are the people that, that need it the most. And it could shave you. I mean, good, good coaching, if you can get coaching up front, can take seven years off of the, the, the experience. Yeah. You know, if you, if you get a mentor, get a good coach uh, who's already walked the talk like I have, um, you know, then they can shave years off of the, the learning process. Yeah, absolutely. When you first got into coaching, and this is often difficult for coaches, how did you transition from, oh, I'm going to charge, you know, some arbitrary fee of uh, 100 bucks an hour or 50 bucks an hour, which I've seen coaches do $20 an hour. How did you yeah. go from yeah. uh, or did you have to transition from a, a reasonable cost or what what most people think is reasonable to an actual premium cost for coaching? Yeah, no, I definitely did. And, and here is the, you know, the big lesson in that was. So as a photographer, I from day one had no problem charging a really high rate. Um, so, and mind you, I was 20 years old when I started, started my photography business. It wasn't until I would say 15 years later, now I'm in my mid thirties that it was at the peak of my career. And it was actually when I hired a business coach that I was able to then unwind or rewind, I should say the 15 years prior to that, to figure out why I was so successful because I wound up with, you know, a a million dollar business as a portrait photographer, which never happens. Yeah. Wow. You know, and I'm one photographer. I do all the sh- I did all the shooting myself. I didn't have a f- team of people. I didn't think honestly. I didn't think there was anything unusual about that because I just had you know my 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 head down in the sand and doing my thing. And I didn't really hang out with a lot of the other photographers to realize what I had created. So uh, you know, 15 years into my career, I kind of looked back at the previous through because I had a good coach. He was asking. Oh, how did you do this? And then I was able to start tapping into the process that I that I went through. And it was interesting because what I did really well as a photographer was actually what was a bit of an obstacle for me as a coach. And that was as a photographer, I had no problem naming a high price, even at 20 years old, because I saw tremendous value and still do in not just the preservation of moments, but the value of long-term thinking, I am innately a long-term thinker. Uh, I'm always thinking about, you know, and I love that there's a product line uh, of uh, bath products called Seven Generations, which is based on the Native American belief that every decision you make should be concerned about the next seven generations. And I tend to think that way. I tend to think about my impact on the world and my impact and, you know, and, and, and how that relates to, to family photography. So I had no problem charging high rates as a photographer because I believed so wholeheartedly in the value of long-term thinking. I just needed to find the people that shared that value. And in my case, they happen to be very affluent people because affluent people, people with means can think long-term. They can plan out the life insurance. And, you know, I come from a background um, that that was middle to lower middle class, which is a, a segment of the market that tends not to be able to think about long-term thinking because they don't have the money to do so. Right. So I had to find the right market that was aligned with that value. And when I did as a photographer, I had no problem charging whatever I felt needed to be charged. However, you know, 22 years or so into, you know, a very successful career, I decided to become a business coach for a variety of reasons. 
and primarily because my coach retired and I wanted to fill the void. Um, <laughs> right. And um, I did what every coach does. I charged, first I started charging, I think it was $125 an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So I was charging a nominal rate on an hourly basis and wondering why my coach, my practicing wasn't building. And it really took, again, the help of a really good coach who helped me see the higher value because this was, in a way, as a photographer, I was selling the intangible, but I didn't realize it. I was, I was selling the intangible value of value, but because it resulted in photographs, in my mind as a, as a young guy, I was seeing the value in the tangible, and I, pro- I produced really beautiful photographs. As a coach, there's nothing tangible about it. So I struggled, as a lot of people do, in determining the value because the value isn't something you could put your hands. It took a really good coach for me to understand the value was in the transformation I was creating. Right? The value is yeah. what, you know, if someone was going to invest in my service as a coach, what could they expect in one to three years later? How would that turn around their life and their business? That's where the value was. It was getting that that helped me go from a nominal fee on a monthly basis to a very, you know, a much higher rate on an, an annual contract. Like I won't coach uh, initially for less than a year. Um, I have some group programs that are shorter term, but one-to-one coaching, minimally one year. So the whole thing was a big leap and it all came down to really defining the value of transformation for me that I, that I, I had to, I had to find that myself, even though I had years of experience behind me. That is really interesting because, you know, most coaches don't, they don't go for the outcome. They're, they're just going for the, okay, what do you need fixed right now? What do you need fixed today? And most coaching conversations actually start with, I'm having problems with this and I want this fixed and how many sessions is it going to take? Right. <laughs> but ha- exactly. What happens is so I, I actually coach a lot of coaches because again, you know, I did it again. Like I wound up having a really successful coaching practice in a fraction of the period of the time because I made that fundamental switch in my own mind. And so of course now I coach a lot of other coaches who want to learn the same thing. And uh, as it is when you're in business, it is both a journey, an inner journey of your own development, as well as taking the time to understand the development and, and mindset of the people you're serving. So that was, um, so I help a lot of other coaches also, uh, make that transition to understanding the, your value is in the transformation that you're creating for people. Right, right. Yeah. Now, now one of the things that you say is forcing creative thinking people to focus on one thing blocks creativity. And that's obvious because you have several things that you do, several disciplines that you do and that you do well. And of course the traditional thinking is, You've got to focus on the one thing that you do well and then just do that. Yeah. But you're you're opposite of that. And yeah. I like the fact that you're opposite <laughs> of that because I am as well. So yeah. it stirs the pot every time. And you know, and here's why. And this is this is how I've been able to really unleash creative entrepreneurs and creative business owners to really having the business of their dreams. And and it be wildly financially successful. It's because I'm helping them unwind from traditional business advice. Most business advice that's out there is really geared appropriately towards traditional businesses. People mm-hmm. are selling products, selling things, even commodities. Um, that's not us. When you're in business as a when and and that let me say also the definition of a creative entrepreneur or creative business is so much broader than it used to be. I'm not speaking just about photographers and artists. Um, there are so many more people in the business where uh, their business is based on their talent, right? So you could, you're, if you're a coach, you have a talent. If you're a speaker, you have a talent. If you're a podcast host, you have a talent. I, I coach all those people as well as the traditional artists. because And, and that's a hugely growing 
segment of, of business today are the people that are in business and they are their own brand. Right. It takes a whole different business model. And in most cases, it's actually a, a reversed way of thinking. And, you know, hands down, probably the most important thing that I learned along my journey was to not listen to the traditional advice to find a niche. And yet, ironically, that actually was my, in the day and age in which I started my photography business, that's what enabled me to be successful. Okay. So in the 80s, that was the right thing to do. I focused, I photographed families and children on color, in color, on location for wealthy people. Like it doesn't get much more niche. <laughs> right. But Vernon, that was the 80s. Right? <laughs> that doesn't work today. Right. I mean, iTunes had a niche, uh, you know, and now look, I mean, you've got Spotify and Pandora. I mean, it's business changes yeah. so quickly today. And for the creative person, I feel like this is, that's in part why this is by far the most fun I've ever had in business is today because I get to play. I get to chase the squirrels and do the things that, you know, a creative mind naturally wants to do. And I, I figured out how you can make money at it. I don't have to do just one thing to be financially successful. I can have a portfolio business model with five to six different income streams, all of which on their own, anyone in that field would probably be pleased to have combined. It's an enterprise. So no, it's no, exactly. Enterprise business model. And so the enterprise, the very successful enterprise business model is actually a better fit for the creative, uh, creative business owner. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I really am because <laughs> it's it's relieving, isn't it? Right. You know, yeah. so many so many in business say, "Oh, well, you know, you have to diversify your investments." And I'm like, "So why can't I diversify my business models?" Exactly. I, you know, there's still a key though, and I want to make it a book because I don't want to ever send somebody on the wrong road. If I, I always say, if there's going to be niche at all, what has changed is the niche is actually your message, mm -hmm. right? The mess, the the niche is what you stand for. In my coaching practices, we go through great effort with all my clients to create what's called a standout statement. Uh, it's a, a trademarked a process and, and, and a name for kind of the inner work that we do to get somebody really clear on what it is that they want to stand for. And then we create a marketable statement that will communicate to the world what you stand for and who you serve best in three to nine words. Oh, wow. And it's very different than a slogan and a tagline. It's kind of the modernized version. Because, slow again, the, one of the fundamental differences of being in business today over any other time, and, and not just creative businesses, but pretty much all businesses, is that we are living in a time where people want to connect with authenticity and truth. So slogans and taglines, which tend to come from the head, it's a well-crafted series of words that one thinks about for marketing purposes. So it's got the marketing component, but it lacks the authentic energy stream that a well-crafted standout statement has because it goes, it goes much deeper into defining what, you're, what, you, what you stand for. And the people that want that same thing show up in droves. And, and Vernon, I will tell you that is the number one reason why I was successful as a photographer. Even though I, didn't, I wasn't conscious of how I was doing it at 20 years old, as I mentioned earlier, I had a high value for long-term thinking. I found the people that could afford to think that way too. That's why I was successful because it's a natural, authentic energy, a through line of energy from what you want to stand for to the people that want that. That's what a standout statement does that no slogan or tagline can ever fully do. Wow. That is, that is powerful. You know, often you get the question, well, 
how do I find affluent people to actually market to? You know, I want to charge this premium price for my coaching or this premium price for this business service that I offer and, you know, whatever it is that you're selling. And they just don't know, well, how do I find those people? How do I get in touch with those people that actually have that money? And I think the standout statement will align you with those people. Yeah, it can. I mean, here's the case. And it's funny. When I, I'm so glad you actually brought this up because when I started my coaching practice, because I have such a long history of serving the high-end market and knowing it really well, and again, I'll say it again, mind you, I did not come from that. You have to understand this was all a process of self-development and self-study on my part because I didn't know that lifestyle. The closest mm-hmm. – I, I often say that the closest I ever knew what wealth looked like was enjoying Bing Crosby's Christmas specials on TV. Like <laughs> That was my entire vision of wealth, nice sweaters sitting around a fireplace singing Christmas carols. I thought that's what rich people did because I knew nothing of, of it. I didn't come from it. And um, – and I still I still enjoy that. So, um, you know, for me, it was an entire practice. So, but when I went into my coaching practice, I had several professionals suggest that I specialize in helping people attract and market to an affluent clientele because I know it like the back of my hand. And I actually didn't want to do that. And I made it very clear. And, and for a couple of reasons. One, it didn't excite me. I know it so well, it doesn't excite me. It's like, yeah, I could, I could, Tell any coach how to enroll high-end clients. I can help any. I can help anybody in the high-end market very easily, and I and I do. But it's not. It doesn't drive a lot of passion. What was more important to me is the bigger picture of that. It doesn't matter whether it's high-end, low-end, medium, and or medium range. The point is, it's all about alignment, right? If because you could be super. Look at Sam Walton, right? Sam Walton is you know richest dude out there, and yet look at what Walmart represents, right? Right? It doesn't matter which direction you're going in. It all comes down to alignment. It comes down to you putting the effort, whether it's high end, low end, or anything in between. It's about up to you taking the time and effort to really getting into the mindset, lifestyle, and ways of thinking of the market you want to serve. And it's finding, you know, what is that market that's best served by what you have to offer? And then doing everything you can to self-educate and understand what life and the world looks like from that point, that person's point of view. And everything has to be aligned. Brand image, website, brick and mortar, if it exists, the look of it, it all has to be so aligned. If anything's out of sequence or alignment, it doesn't ring true. No, exactly. Exactly. Wow. That is, that is interesting, man. That, wow. That was good. <laughs> I like <laughs> Good. So tell me a little bit about go go a little into the podcast and how you came up with the fact that you wanted to now start podcasting and express your your creative you know your creative your creativity there. Yeah, so uh, I'm a jump in with both feet kind of guy, and um, when when I when I commit to doing so, so there was somebody there was a guy on my team um, who. Two years, so my podcast is about a year and a half old, and, and uh, two years prior to that. He said, you should have a podcast. You have a lot to say. <laughs> and, uh, and he thought it would be, honestly, strategically, he thought it would be a really smart thing to do for my business. And um, I just, uh, I, you know, so we're going back three and a half years ago. And, and being a podcaster, you could really, I mean, I'm thinking, uh, that's, that's so outdated. Like, who's doing, who's using podcasts? Like, we're all into video now. Right. <laughs> so three and a half years ago, podcasts to me just seemed really outdated. I mean, heck, that name came from iPods, right? I mean, who, you know, <laughs> exactly. even that's old. So um, I just, you know, kind of shunned the idea. And of course, two years later, as was often the case with him, he turned out to be right. And uh, but what the turning point for me was, and when I did it, I dumped both. I just jumped in with both feet. Had no idea what I was doing, um, except 
And I like doing business that way because I don't listen to anybody else initially. Mm -hmm. I like to first create from my gut and then seek the learning to make my life easier. Um, I I intentionally make my life hard. (laughs) Whenever I create something initially, I intentionally make my life hard Mm -hmm. because it forces me to dig deep and, and figure out what's true to me and then seek support. Because if you, if I immediately seek support from other trainers, um, you know, I have an online coaching program. Uh, you know, if, if you take in too much information, you wind up replicating what everybody else is doing. You first yeah. have to, I, I first want to be an original creator and then seek support so that I'm at least aligned with what's important to me. So I just jumped in with both feet. Uh, for me, the turning point about having the podcast was something else that I was aware of. And that was that as a photographer and as a coach and pretty much every, all my actions in my life up to that point, I had been the guest. I used to say I was a professional guest. I was always showing up in other people's locations. And I want, my greatest insecurity in life was, and this is very transparent of me to share with you, but my greatest insecurity in life is that uh, and it's, it's just ingrained in being a shy child. Uh, it, 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 what's in, the fear that's ingrained in me is that no one's going to see me, that I'm not popular. Yeah. So to me, I could think of no greater challenge to overcome that than to have a podcast and when will people show up will, right. will guests say yes like i'm nobody nobody knows who i am um in the world of podcasting and yet i instantly got positive feedback from uh big name authors who just really liked what i had to say and they they said yes to being a guest and then the word spread and and we uh we hit number four in itunes last week in our category uh, of business careers and uh so it's grown tremendously in a year and a half and it's they said so i still have the same insecurity in a way like you know and that's why i work so hard like are people going to show up are they going to keep showing up but at least now i have some evidence that um i'm not a complete geek and uh people do somewhat care about what I have to do. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I totally get it, man. And that's, that's I think, the dilemma that all podcasters go through is like, oh, my God, yeah. I'm going to do this. And I don't know if anybody's going to show up. But if they do, great. And, you know, you'll get that. Well, if I just get one person listening and we all know that we would not be satisfied with just one person. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're neurotically checking your lips and stats and, yeah, all that. It's, um, yeah, it's, I, th- I think a lot of success comes from really twisted, <laughs> frames of mind <laughs> exactly exactly now the the um creative warriors unite that's mm. that's kind of the home where the podcast lives how did you come up with the whole creative warrior thing because i think it's interesting exactly i mean again when i when i jumped in with my podcast i had to think of a name and um what I know of the people that I serve and, you know, with you business to business, I'm able to use the term creative entrepreneur a fair amount. But the fact of the matter is most of the people I serve have no idea what creative entrepreneur means. It, fortunately, it's become a little more common. But going back several years ago, it was a really unknown term. Certainly not. It didn't rank very high in Google search because I checked. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is that because creatives don't often think of themselves as entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs don't necessarily think that they're quote unquote creative because they, they've carved out a very specific picture of what that means. So, um, I had to come up with another term and, uh, I wanted to tie creativity in there. Warrior comes from the fact that I'm a long-term practitioner of yoga and the warrior pose has always been the pose that's gotten me through pretty much everything in life. It's a very wide stance. It's all about inner strength. It's not a fighting 
warrior. It's not a fighting mindset. It is a um, you know wide-legged stance of solid foundation that I dare you to knock me off my my point. And that's what I wanted to represent because that that I know is what it takes to be successful when you right. when you are marketing yourself and your talent, you're your own brand. It takes the spirit of a warrior to to survive because we take it personal. Our feelings get hurt. We, you know, it, it's all about our own personal development. It's so, it's so much about being a warrior. So Creative Warriors became the name of the podcast. And I mean, Vernon, when I tell you I got flooded with tweets and responses to that name, sometimes I wonder if it's the name that made this show popular more than the content. Um, <laughs> it has really resonated with people that, again, it wound up being a thing of alignment. The people yeah. that I wanted to reach as an audience totally got it. <laughs> oh yeah exactly. and uh yeah and so it became it, it's wound up transforming my 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 life my business in that i created the creative warriors unite facebook which we just launched this year to not only house the podcast which we had to move the podcast was originally on my blog so we had to move the podcast um and we it's developed we've developed coaching programs around the brand uh, we give out tons and tons of free content uh and what it's helped us do Again, going back to what we're saying, if there's to be a niche, it, my niche is very – the people I serve is tremendously broad, but I get their challenges. And everything on Creative Warriors Unite is about addressing the challenges of a creative warrior, uh, inspiring them and addressing their challenges. And that, that spawned – now we have a Creative Warriors Unite Facebook, closed Facebook group, uh, and it just keeps going. So there will be other Creative Warriors things down the road, but uh, it took on a life of its own. Yeah, man, it's a, this is this has been a really interesting conversation. I love the um, how you communicate about creatives because so often when you're in a create and you're the you know slash and slash creative space or air quotes creative space, people tend to think, well, that means that I'm never gonna make money. <laughs> I'm just yep. you know I'm starving artists here. I'm you know I'm just doing it for the love of it. And I don't, you know, it's not even something that I, success is not something that I really go for except for the success of my art kind of thing. And I think that you're proof that it's not just that. It has to be a business side of it, but that doesn't have to rule your life. You don't have to become the high pressure evil salesperson that's always only thinking about money, but you can actually focus on what your value is and the value that you bring to the people that you want to serve and making sure that serving is your focus and from that you'll be able to you know get the money and the income that you want by focusing on what your message is making sure that there's value in your message and that you're actually aligning yourself with the people that you want to serve and that's going to bring you everything that you want yeah absolutely i mean it, we are living in a business climate today not not just as entrepreneurs we have to think also that we have to realize we're also consumers and uh service authenticity Honesty, truth, experience. We're told over and over again, even by traditional business, that those are the things that are selling today. There is no one better in every one of those categories than a creative entrepreneur. We are best at service. We are best at truth and authenticity. This, this, is, this is our walk. I actually, I refer to this as the new renaissance. I think we are entering into a time when the next, uh, I'd like to think 20 years, maybe 15 years, this is going to be the rise of the creative entrepreneur in ways that we've never seen before. I think we are poised to be so perfectly aligned with the type of business model that the majority of people want to do business with today. 
Wow, that is powerful and a really good note to end the, <laughs> end the yeah, interview on. Good. Hey, guys, you can find Jeffrey pretty much everywhere online. <laughs> um, he's on Instagram. His Instagram is amazing. You guys should definitely check it out. There's some very inspiring messages there. Um, Jeffrey, Instagram.com, Jeffrey Shaw. You can find him on Twitter, Twitter.com, Jeffrey Shaw with the number one behind it. Of course, on Facebook, Jeffrey Shaw Photo. And I'm going to put some links, um, of course, in the show notes to pretty much everywhere you can find him. You can also find him, Jeffrey Shaw One, on Facebook and, of course, on JeffreyShaw.com and the Creative Warriors Unite website. So creativewarriorunite.com. And that's that's a really good site to go to. Definitely make sure to check it out. The podcast is there. Links to his coaching and all kinds of great resources are out there for you to find. Jeffrey, is there anywhere else that you can be found online that I did not mention? Well, I'll just clarify that just so that we guide people correctly. The, uh, the website is Creative Warriors with an S, creativewarriorsunite.com. Um, so you find your way there. Um, I also, I mean, if you want a really good taste of what I believe in what I, and what I think, will, what I know actually has, has really proven to help people, uh, check out, uh, we have a seven-day free online mini course uh, called Week of the Warrior. So it's, and you can find that at weekofthewarrior.com. And uh, totally cool. In fact, right now, this week, uh, we started yesterday, we're doing a seven-day uh, Periscope event aligned with Week of the Warrior, where I'm actually coming on Periscope every day to guide people through the uh, seven-day program. Um, we'll be doing that again in the future as well. So uh, weekofthewarrior.com, uh, it's, a, it's a great tool for creatives and entrepreneurs to to get more clear on the direction they want to go in their business. And it definitely gives a taste of uh, a lot more of what you heard today and the things that I believe in. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. Um, this will probably go out uh, maybe next week, maybe week week after next. So I'll make sure to – I'm going to share the Periscope that you guys are doing this week so that people can get in on it. I'll put some stuff out there specifically to try to get people in on it because I I can already tell it's going to be valuable and something very cool that people want to yeah. definitely tune into. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be joining you on Periscope as well. Awesome. Look forward to it. All right. Every, every day, 4.30 Eastern time. Oh, well, that's all. Yeah, and at a good time. Thanks for yeah. not making it early, early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, Jeffrey, I do appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and I love what you're doing. All right, guys. I had an amazing time talking to Jeffrey Shaw from the Creator Warriors podcast. You can find him everywhere online, jeffreyshaw.com, and out on creativewarriorsunite.com. Really powerful interview. I enjoyed it and got to learn some fun facts about New York that I did not know, among a lot of other things. There was so much good content in that, and I hope you guys take it and um, – Really, really go back into it. Take some notes on this one, especially if you're looking at marketing to the affluent. This one, I think you'll get some some really good tips about pricing and structure and being bold enough to go ahead and make those decisions to sell to the affluent. So uh, just a couple cleanup notes and some announcements I want to make real quick. Make sure to keep emailing me, Vernon at VernonRoss.com. I do enjoy getting those emails all the time. Uh, it's great to connect with people in the audience. And also make sure you follow me on Twitter. I'm at RossPR on Twitter. And, of course, on Snapchat, at RossPR on Snapchat. I'm really getting into the platform, and I'm enjoying quite a bit of the things that I've been 
and touches that I've been making with people on Snapchat. So if you want to communicate with me directly and in almost real time, definitely connect to me on Snapchat. Of course, I'm out on all the other streaming networks as Ross PR or Vernon Ross. Just search for me there. You'll find me on Blab, on Periscope, on Meerkat. I'm not on Meerkat and Periscope as much because I just don't prefer those platforms. But you can find me out there. Follow me there. And when I'm on, you'll be able to catch me. Of course, I'm on Blab off and on. And just keeping busy doing a lot of that streaming stuff. The uh, important thing that I wanted to announce and really, really get into is that I am writing this book. I'm deep into the process now of writing this book about mastering your message. So I'm hoping that you guys are excited as I am about it. I am looking for my one thousand true fans for this book people that really are wanting to get behind this movement this is a movement book this is not just going to be an ebook the goal of this book is to get it published and get it out there as many places as possible I don't know if it's going to be a New York Times bestseller, but you know what? I am shooting for that, and I am looking for people for my launch team. You will be showered with fabulous gifts and prizes and riches beyond measure. Not really. But you can help me out, and I'm going to reward you greatly for it, and that actually is a really. So um, I'm definitely going to be taking care of my launch team, especially if we make New York Times bestseller, but if I don't, Still going to take care of you guys with something, and it'll be more than just a free book. I'll be giving out a gift card or something like that. And I'm actually going to be doing some bulk ordering stuff and putting all of that stuff together. I'm going to be giving away a MacBook Pro, um, the 15-inch MacBook Pro, like a $2,000 MacBook Pro for a certain number of pre-orders. Of course, you can book me for speaking gigs for a certain number of pre-orders. And stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's we're going to go full throttle on this book launch. Um, the book sh- is not complete yet. I have uh, not one chapter completed. I do have all of my thoughts organized, and this will be done within the goal is the next 90 days. I am really, really pushing for this. So um, hopefully you guys are with me. Send me words of encouragement on Twitter. Uh, I'll be putting some stuff out there. The book site will be launching soon. It'll probably just be something off of my website. I don't really feel like building an entire another site for this. It'll probably just be a subdomain of VernonRoss.com, something like book or something like that. (laughs) Who knows? It'll probably be the name of the book, but I am dying to get your support. I'll need your support on social media and everywhere else. And, you know, if, if what I've gotten from this audience up until this date is any indication of how much you guys really enjoy the show. I am not worried that I will be getting the support that I need. And uh, this this has been a, a crazy process. It's hard writing a book, especially when you care about the message that you're putting out there. And as I said before in, in one other interview, you know, books that we write are the things that we leave behind and they're important. So it's easy enough to put out an ebook. I could have had an ebook done over the weekend and put it out and threw it up on Amazon and tried to make, you know, 20 or 30 bucks a month with it and use that to try to leverage, you know, everything people try to leverage with books. But that's not the purpose of it. It's not the point. You know, uh, one of the things that I was actually talking to my wife about this, and I don't mention her a lot on the podcast. I need to change that. But, you know, when when you know that you're called to do something, when you feel that you're called to do something, And it pulls at you more and more every day when you get into the process. 
you know that it's the right thing to do and it feels good and it feels right. That's how this book feels. And I've not actually gone through that before. And uh, it, it's just a very liberating feeling. It's uh, much like the feeling that I get when I podcast. I absolutely love podcasting and talking to people and telling stories and learning about the difficulties that people have gone through and and more so how they've overcome them and become an inspiration to people, you know, in, in their life. And hopefully as they're telling their stories, they can become inspirations to your life and what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. And that's the most important thing to me is to be able to put something out that helps someone else accomplish their goals earlier than I've been able to do mine because it took a long time to get to this point. It's been a lot of years and a lot of reflection and, you know, it took a lot of work to get to this point. I want to help you guys get further down that timeline a little bit quicker. So if I can help you jumpstart it, that's what I'm here for. All right, guys, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I do appreciate you listening to the podcast. Stay tuned for that book launch stuff. And by the way, there is a new podcast launching called The Remarkable Guest List Podcast. It's going to be launching March 1st. It's it's out there, remarkableguestlist.com. Go get on the RSVP list and uh, so you can get updates on when that's going to be launching. This is going to be more of me telling stories. There's possibly going to be a video component to it. I'm still trying to work out some interviews, and these are going to be big. And they're not big because these people are celebrities, but these are going to be deep, deep interviews with people that possibly happen over multiple days. Um, the, the podcast isn't going to be that long. It's going to be a podcast and, you know, slash video production that'll be hosted somewhere and you guys can go watch it. This is this is something that I'm wanting to do to to hopefully change some lives and get some really good stories out there. Talking to all to- sorts of remarkable people doing really, really remarkable things. All right, guys, this is it. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here and I will see you in the next episode. It's too late. My hand will touch your